Well, hello. How y'all doing? Abe here, your friendly neighborhood producer of the Fight Philosophy Podcast. Before we kick off, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors, uh, starting off with Annandale Eye Care. Annandale Eye Care is a wonderful place, uh, a top-notch, quality, quality service. If you have any eye care needs at all, they're the place you need to go. It's better than going to uh, one of them places in a strip mall. I, I-, I guarantee it. Next up, we have Spark Physiotherapy, combat athletes in the DMV area. If you have anything that ails you, Spark is your place to go. Not only will they spend a whole lot of time diagnosing the specific cause of your injury or injuries, they'll come up with a complete and comprehensive plan to get you back on the mats that we all love so much. And last but certainly not least, we have Comfort One Shoes. Comfort One Shoes has a huge end of summer uh, clearance sale. Uh, check them out at comfortoneshoes.com. There's 17 locations all across the DMV. You're never too far from one. Be sure to hit them up. And gotta give a quick shout out to uh, Capital MMA and Jeremy Lafreniere for giving us his old office here at the uh, Alexandria facility to uh, turn into our studio. We love you, man. Thank you so much for letting us do this. We're having so much fun uh, creating and uh, producing this content for the DMV fight scene. I also want to give a quick shout out to my man Roland Berenger, as he says, Roland Berenger, of the Roland Berenger's Dreamcast Sportcast Fightcast. It is so much fun to listen to. He's a wealth of knowledge. I can't wait for him to put out a, a new episode. I'm, I'm absolutely hooked on it. About 30 minutes per perfect for your drive home. Keep up the great work, Roland, and uh, we love having you on to co-host the show here. Again, that's Roland Berenger's Dreamcast Sportscast Fightcast. All right, let's get on with the show. Okay. Welcome back, Fight Philosophy Podcast fans. It's your boy Maul here. As you'll notice, my big behemoth of a co-host, Chad, is missing. Fuck him, because we're doing a striking breakdown. So, got my guy in here. Uh, guy who was the reason I signed up uh, for Capital in the first place. Uh, came and did his class. He was teaching a dual class, uh, him and Rafferty Kelly, uh, about seven and a half, almost eight years ago. Uh, Raph was his stoic, introverted self, and this guy was his extroverted, very friendly, uh, very encouraging self uh, on the mat. And the energy was good, and I signed up that same day. So, I'd like to introduce my guy, the Jewish Hammer, Joel Reggiano. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, always a good introduction from a man, Jamal. You know, definitely been... Uh, Listening to the podcast, you know, enjoying all the episodes. You got some good people on here, so I'm, it's an honor to be on here. Looking forward to breaking down some good striking. There were some great fights the other night. Um, TCB is always such a good promotion, and I'm definitely looking forward to talking a little bit more about it. So, Good. Thank you for, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, so this is going to be our TCB 21 recap show, uh, technically. This is episode 24, but when we put this bitch out, it's going to be episode number 23. So go. it's our Jordan episode so, we're going to get right into it. TCB 21 was an action-packed night, had 19 fights on the card. So, it was a pretty long night. Um, we had uh, our gym, Capital, had, uh, we had five fighters on the card. Um, it, was a pretty, it was a good event, a good night for us. Went 4-1. Um, but we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to break down a couple of interesting fights um, that we saw. Uh, we're going to try to give out a few awards like we normally do. Uh, Iron Man Award, uh, Technical Fight of the Night Award, um, Knockout. Don't remember if there was any. Uh, there was a few. You know, there, there was a few. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, uh, and for, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, shit. 
Can't remember. You know what? Fuck it. Uh, but anyway, um, I didn't get to see all the fights because I had to corner somebody that night. Um, so there's going to be a few fights that, uh, unfortunately, uh, probably won't get the attention that they deserve. Uh, missed maybe two or three because uh, I had responsibilities to take care of. Um, but we're going to try and give as much love as possible to as many fights as we can. So, Joel, what did you think of TCB 21? Well, I love TCB, and I love TCB because they are always such a consistent promotion. Um, you know, I've definitely, I've been a part of the Muay Thai scene for a while now, so it's really enjoyable to see, you know, how big these shows are getting. And 19 fights, I mean, I can't remember. I don't think they've ever had that many fights on TCB before. We've had like 15, 16, but usually some fall off, but it's a good indication to see how many people are showing up. They're getting their medicals in. The fights aren't falling off. They're making weight. Um, and it's great. And it was probably one of the biggest crowds I think I've seen at a TCB um, before, just because of the fact that there was a lot of different gyms there, yeah. a lot of representation. Um, so, you know, I really enjoyed it. There were some really, really good fights on there. And it's a good mix of talent, too. You had people that were obviously just kind of starting out, maybe their first few amateur fights, maybe their first amateur fight. Um, and then some people who have, you know, seven, eight, nine amateur fights towards the latter part of the card who really, you know, look like they're ready to take maybe that next step at some point. And that's why I really enjoy TCB because it's such a good stepping stone, proving ground for, you know, young up and coming Muay Thai fighters in the area to really put their showcase on. And they're starting to pull talent now, you know, just from a little further out than they used to, at least when, um, when I was competing on it and some of the other OGs in capital. So, yeah, I think when we were, when we were doing it, there was, you know, you would probably end up competing against the same gyms all the time. Yep. Um, people who were no more than an hour away, um, specifically, uh, located within the DMV radius. Um, so with that being said, also shout out, uh, to Tim, um, down at Shift Combat Systems. Thank you uh, for coming all the way from Virginia Beach um, to come fill out this card a little bit. Yeah. Um, so let's get down and break down a couple of fights. Um, so towards the beginning of the card, um, you know, we talked about this. Uh, Roland and myself talked about this on the last podcast. You know, the, the promoters will put fights in certain order um, because you kind of want to go by experience level. Um, and also, if you have had people on your cards before, you kind of know who's going to bring it um, and who's going to be action-packed. Um, so the first fight I want to get into um, is actually going to be um, my candidate uh, for the Iron Man Award, but we're going to call it the Iron Woman Award. Okay. Uh, we might be in agreement on this one. We'll have to see. Which was fight number two. Yep. Uh, the second fight was going to be uh, <laughs> Sarah Bonney um, versus Jillian Lasecki. Uh, so Sarah Bonney out of Kaizen MMA, um, Jillian Lasecki uh, out of Trident Academy. Uh, this fight was action packed as soon as the fucking bell, uh, as soon as the bell sounded. Um, there was a bit of a of a height discrepancy there, just a little um, bit in in that particular fight. So you know, I was most definitely uh, pulling for the shorter person, uh, but <laughs> she, you know that that fight was awesome. Um, first round. Um, uh, Jill uh, Lasecki out of the blue corner um, shorter fighter she came out and fucking brought it like she was she was moving forward she was winging overhand she was time you know she was uh, winging overhand rights and throwing fucking head kicks yeah at a per, at, at a I was at a, shocked at a, at a fighter that is at least five four and a half five inches taller than her uh, that was that was dope to see that tenacity um, and see her come out there and I thought she was gonna thought she was going to punish that girl and knock out maybe first round. Um, second round started, um, and then Sarah started to find her range a little bit. Um, 
midway through the second round, um, started hitting some jab crosses and she started rocking Jill. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, man, like so and and I and I preface when I say that I was shocked that she threw a head kick because homegirl, Jillian Lasecki, all due respect, came out and she had some shorts on that had some pockets in them. So like right off the bat, <laughs> right off the bat, that's always like you know, it's a little questionable yeah. when I'm looking at that. But man, she came out like to your point and she was throwing that first round of that fight was probably the best round of like the entire night, I think that I saw at least. I mean, people were standing up, they were cheering, they got the you know, crowd involved really, really early. So it set the tone for the fight. I mean, the first fight that came on was good too but I mean them being the second fight out the gate they were getting after it and to your point um, you know the uh, Sarah from Kaizen went in the second round and I mean all she you know she took some shots in the first round mm-hmm. she got cracked with some heavy right hands um, you know but she stayed right in there she kept her guard up real tight and I mean she threw some really picture perfect straight rights I mean she was framing out with her left hand real good and just delivering some straight rights right down the pipe she was connecting with Jill um, to your point who I think you might be giving that Iron Woman award to yeah. because she took some punishment and she kept coming kept man coming. kept coming did not back down didn't get tossed i thought she might end up on the ground once not at all she was hanging in there and, and looking looking impressive yeah she uh because she took she started taking some heavy shots towards the 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 second half of the, of the second round and then the third round um it was just she she was eating shots uh but still kept coming forward you know like we uh, like we previously stated and Still had the tenacity to attempt to try and finish a fight. Like, she was getting rocked and still throwing head kicks to a fighter <laughs> who is four and a half, five inches taller than her. Yep. Like, that shit had me. <laughs> the flexibility was yeah. real. And if you looked at it, you wouldn't have, you'd been be like, I don't know if she's going to be able to throw them head kicks like that. And she had, you know, like I said, she had the, the shorts with the pockets. I don't know if they were basketball shorts with the shit got going on. But, man, she could she could fight and she wasn't going to quit. Like, there was no quitting her. Yeah, she was getting it. She was getting it. Uh, so that you know, that fight um, is going to be the recipient uh, of our Iron Woman Award. Uh, so, shout out to Jillian Lasecki, shout out to Sarah Bonney, uh, shout out to Kaizen, shout out to Trident Academy. Uh, you you women put on a hell of a fight. Um, come back, please. Yeah, please. That was a great. <laughs> it was a great way to to kind of get the card started. Um, but then one of the one of the ones I wanted to talk about too was the uh, the first fight. I think right out the gate, um, there were two good fighters. I think it was Michael Capone from Winchester Boxing, Brandon Kim um, from King Kong MMA. Both guys, I think, have been. I think I know Brandon's been around for a little bit. He's been on some cards. He's got some good talent. Um, and I think this was a 125 fight, um, you know, and from Winchester Boxing, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a guy in this uh, in Capone's corner called Jeremy Carper. He's a from uh, he was a former Muay Thai kind of pro fighter who used to be on the scene a little while back. I remember fighting one of his guys a long, long time ago, like okay. seven or eight years ago. So I saw him in the corner. Um, I think they used to he used to be out of West Virginia in a place called Coalition way back when. And I know he fought. He was on some Road to Glory cards. He's you know been he was kind of journeyman around, but he was always a good fighter and always had some good cards. So I was impressed to see him come out with uh, with Michael. And so in the first round, it was a really, really good fight. It was technical. Brandon was landing some really good shots, um, some good kicks. Michael stayed in there at a really nice high guard. There was great clinch work, which, of course, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the clinch work. I love clinch. You can catch us in the clinch here on Richmond Highway, just in case you don't know about that. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, they, were, they worked in really well. And I was really most impressed with Michael's clinch. I mean, he was able to get yeah. inside. He kept a good, tight grip. He was able to con- keep his hands on the inside, keep his hands on the back of the head, and keep Brandon from preventing him from swimming in, and you know that when he's doing that, you're controlling the fight, and yeah. so he was landing some really good knees, and I think that kind of set the tone and kind of wore 
Brandon down a little bit in the first round. He landed some um, some harder shots as well. Second round, come right out the gate. Um, you know, Michael, same kind of fight, getting a feel out. He got he caught some teeps too. He caught some good shots from Brandon. Brandon hung in there really well. They got right back in the clinch, and Michael just kept working. And I mean, he they were exchanging knees, but the difference was is the fact that Michael had that in, inside control. He was able to control the space, control the distance, and bring him into the knees a little bit more and cause a lot more damage. And they didn't look like you may look at it from the outside perspective with an untrained eye and see. They just look like they're needing each other. But let me tell you, man, those knees that he was landing yeah. were hard, and they, they were, were wearing them down. They were. And the proof of that was in the pudding after that. Once they got out of the clinch a little bit, the hands drop a little bit when you take some knees to the uh, to the belly like that, yep. and, you, and you kill the body a little bit. And as a result, Michael came over the top. I think it was a right hand that clipped him on the back of the head, um, dropped Brandon, um, couldn't answer the bell or couldn't answer the 10 count. Credit to both of them. Both warriors both came out to fight, put on a really good show to start. But I was really impressed with Michael. So shout out to Michael. Shout out to Winchester Boxing um, you know, and Jeremy Carper out there who looked like he's training his fighter really well, OG in the game. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think this fight also set the tone for the rest of the night as far as as the technical clinch work was uh, is concerned uh, for the rest of the card, uh, because uh, and shout out to the referees um, on this particular card too, because they let people work in the clinch. Like this was probably yep. the most uh, definitive clinching that I've seen on a card in this area um, in a very long time. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, I think they I think they set the tone uh, for that one. Um, then we'll go right into fight number three, uh, Bohorquez, I believe that's how you pronounce it, versus Perez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a good one. This was a, this was a fight that had a lot of heavy hands in it. So me coming from a boxing background, I kind of kind of had a hard-on for this fight as it, <laughs> as, as it was going. Uh, they were trading back and forth, especially uh, that, that second round. Uh, that, that second round saw, the, saw a lot of, like, phone booth, um, saw a lot of phone booth boxing, a lot of short shots. Uh, hooks and uppercuts uh, and they were both throwing uh, but they were both taking they were both taking shots oh, yeah. and still being able to evade um, and move beautifully um, and like I, uh, like Roland and I had said uh, on the last TCB breakdown um, just the level of boxing in this area has progressed tremendously um, over the years and I'm I'm glad that people are able to integrate boxing footwork into their into their tie fights. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. And to your point, and that was a really good fight. And the guy from, from KOA, I think he was out of, um, he was out of our locker room. We obviously cornered a fighter together. Um, and he, I watched him warming up and he was explosive. He was quick. He was getting in and out. Um, and he did the same thing in the fight. He looked the same warming up in the back that he did out in the fight. He was in hitting good short shots, using his leverage really well. I think he had a little bit of a height, Disadvantage, so yep. respect to the short people out yeah, there. Let's get um, you know, whatever Chad can go fuck himself. I love, <laughs> I love you, Chad. Love you, Chad. Just kidding. Um, so now he he worked really well. I thought it was a definite clear win for him. He was really more explosive. He kept a better pace, and he kept a really quick pace, and he kept that the entire fight. And I think that was the difference. And I mean, clearly, I think he got a UD across the board, and that was a a really good fight. Um, you know, moving into what you know, knockout of the night, things like that. I think I got it. I think we there was a few of them that were pretty good. We talked about the knockout in the first round or the first fight, um, mm -hmm. and I think there was obviously one that was definitely a pretty highlight reel. I think it was fight number eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we had Avon. I'm going to say that correct. Avon Price from Capital uh, versus Sri Reddy from Fairfax Jiu Jitsu. Both um, looking ready to fight. I think this was a fight in the 155 pound division. 
Um, you know, Avon, obviously, he's from Capital. He fights out of the Loudon side there, and, you know, we're slightly familiar with him. Um, he came out really strong. They both came out really good, and it was yeah. a technical fight from the get-go. I mean, Sri was came to fight. He had his hands up. He caught, you know, Avon with a couple good shots, and they were exchanging really well off the bat. Um, you know, Navin in the first round, I think, kind of let his hands loose and really caught him with a couple shots that had Sri backed up a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and I think had him, had him, you know, a little bit nervous of some shots to take. And so, you know, after that first round and a couple hard kicks and things like that, I think, you know, he was, Sri was a little cautious moving forward in the second. And when they came out for the second, I mean, that was kind of obviously the big, big round for Avon. He came out, I think he hit him with a, it was a, it was within a combination. And I believe it was a glancing right on the chin that landed that first shot. And that really, that put, you know, Sri on the mat and he was, he was hurt, clearly yeah. very hurt, um, you know, and kudos to him because he got up, he fought through that, um, he got his hands up, he, you know, came back out again, you know, it was just a matter of time, Avon was able to hit him again, knock him on the mat for a second time, you know, I was really was a little nervous about him coming up for that second time, I thought maybe the fight should have been stopped, to be yeah. quite honest, he was really, really hurt, you know, so, I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what was kind of being seen there, but he obviously got up again and Kudos to him. He was fighting, fighting back the best he could. He was keeping his hands up, but Avon was just too fast, a little bit too explosive. And at that point, when your defenses are down like that, um, yeah. you know, especially at that level, you're really unable to defend yourself. And he kind of was backing up, shelling up towards the uh, towards the rope, and caught just a huge uppercut. And Avon, you know, kudos to him for being calm. You know, when you have somebody hurt, that's a really Absolutely. tough thing to do. And you know, I think that's his second fight. I know maybe he's had a uh, an exhibition before, but that's a difficult thing to do when you get somebody hurt like that. Yeah. And you're able to take your time. You don't rush yeah. the pace. You don't go crazy. You don't lose it. You're able to relax and you're able to pick your shots. That's the only way you're able to get a knockout like he was able to get. And, you know, he was able to do that. I think he came in with a straight and he lifted a nice uppercut right. And it was a power side uppercut. And for him, that's a right hand because he's an orthodox fighter. And it was right through the guard. Yep. And it dropped him completely. And obviously that was a wrap after that. I don't, you know, again, I don't even know if he should have been up for that. Yeah. But that was my I mean, clear KO of the night um, and respect to Street because, again, it, you know, a fighter like that who just continues to get up, you know, any a lot of other people could have stayed down in those instances. And he kept up, you know, got up, continued to fight. Shout out to Fairfax Jiu-Jitsu. Shout out to Sri for, for putting on a good fight and to Avon as well for, you know, what I would think would be the knockout of the night. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. Um, his like Avon's uh, counter, his countering game was on full display. Um, in my opinion, on yeah. this fight, because that was it was how he was able to pick shots. Was he allowed Street to? He what he wasn't biting on a lot of like feints or anything like that. Right. He was just defending, moving, and being able to to counter combos immediately. Like some people are very good at when they defend, they just move or they block the shot. But they don't follow up with anything else. And, you know, like I've stated on this podcast before, I, I'm a counter striker. Yep. So the, 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 the counter striking is the gray area. Uh, offense and defense are black and white. But counter striking is the gray area that allows you to do both simultaneously. Um, and that's what Avon was able to, to do um, to a T um, during, during this fight. Countering. Comboing and he—I mean—he was picking his shots, and he—he he has a maturity about him, about himself that's going to take him very far in this game um, if he wants to—if he wants to stick with it. Because when you have somebody, you know, like you say, when you have somebody knocked down like that, your adrenaline can kind of pick up a little bit. Yeah. And you want to end that shit as quickly as possible. But he was mature, 
stayed, took the pedal off the gas a little bit, um, and came back and it, they ruled it a TKO, but yeah, I don't know that, how that, nah, that, that was a KO. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the audience was in agree. Well, from where I was standing at, everybody was in agreement that that was a, that was a clear KO. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a clear KO and you know, it's something that. It's something that you know. I wonder, and I, and this is not to take away, not to take away from Avon's K or anything like that. It like, shouldn't it have gotten to that point, you know. And that's something that I always think about when I think about these amateur fights. It makes me, you know, wonder. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta really look out for your fighter, and you gotta make sure that they're not taking too much damage. And you know, when I looked at him, at least three in there, he did he did not look like he was ready to. Like, if I was his coach, I might have called that a little bit earlier. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know him well, so I can't make judgments on that. You know what I mean? But there were, and not that fight, but other fights I've seen across the board and amateur and so on and so forth. And where I feel like people may take too much damage, you know. And obviously, you know, when a fighter is out there and he's competing, he or she is competing and they're going out there and they're giving everything they have, they're not going to quit a lot of the time. And it takes somebody, you know, in their corner because sometimes the ref doesn't know that fighter to be able to pull them back a little bit and say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I got I got to pull this fighter because I know that they're not ready to continue anymore. And there was, you know, some fights where we saw towels thrown in. There's some fights yep. where maybe they should have been thrown in, um, you know, and some it's something that I think is a, is a topic that should be, you know, not shied away from in the amateur kind of fighting, whether that's MMA, whether that's Muay Thai or whatever. You yep. got to remember that what they're there for is experience, experience, yep. experience and not to take permanent damage along the way you're gonna take damage they're gonna be knockouts like that's part of the fight game that's gonna happen you know those flat those knockouts that you don't see coming i think there was one on tcb last time the spinning back elbow one which is like yo that's just like that's just gonna happen that's the fight game that's the way that it works but if you see your fighter and he's actively taking he or she's actively taking damage um and you got to know them that's when like if i'm if we have somebody that we're cornering like i know my fighter you're entrusting me with your well-being so to me like i it's my job that i got to make sure that you are getting home or that person's getting home to his or her family, whatever it is, at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, and if it's pro, it's a little bit different. If you yeah. get to pro, you may be able to take some more of those shots. That's where you make a little bit more money. You're going to make yeah. money to do what you're doing. You yes. try to make a career out of it or whatever you're doing. It's a little different. But if you're amateur, like, I'm going to make sure that I'm getting you out of there. And if I yeah. see that you're taking too much damage, if I see that you're a little funky in your face, and because I should recognize that from training you as much as I've hopefully been training you, yeah. then I'm going to pull you right out. And you can be mad. I'd rather have somebody... Mad as shit at me be, for pulling be, me yeah. out of a fight. Be pissed at me. Be pissed at me. Good, because yeah. I at least know that I can live with the fact that you trusted me with your health. I'm going to get you out of there, and I'm going to make sure you go home at night, and you're going to sleep. You're not going to go home with a concussion that what, you shouldn't have got. You know what I mean? Why take years off of your life for free? Right. right. At least get yeah. paid for the shit. Get paid for like, the shit. Exactly, man. So, like, you know what you're on the line for, but, like, it's just the re- it's it's the repetitive damage that I get, you know, worried about when you see. So, I mean, not every, you know, like, and sometimes, again, I'm not there to, like, call other things out or call anybody out or anything like that because I don't know the fighters and like you talk you, it happens on the on the pro level too even yeah. in the UFC you, it's talked about a lot but I think that there there should be and I thought you see it a little bit more now of people throwing in the towel and it's not such a thing it's like oh I'm just giving up it's like nah I'm gonna save yeah. my fighter we're gonna fight another day and he can be pissed at me and you're giving them a way out because they're not gonna tell you yes. I want out Yeah, because they're fighters that's yes. what they do they're not gonna say I want out of the fight you yeah. gotta be able to pull them out when it's time to do that so I just think that that's um just something that's overlooked sometimes when you take a position to corner somebody and you know you're doing that i think that just should be in the back of your mind always and you always know that what the, what the goal is at hand um you know and what the bigger most important thing is which yeah. is life outside right most definitely yeah. and i think that also for the you know people who only do muay thai or for people who only do mma um and it's not a lot of people but you know there's a small sector of people who think that 
you know, whatever art it is they practice is the greatest. And you can fit and you want people to feel that way. Like take pride in what it in, in what it is that you do. But the entire setup of competition that we do nowadays, from MMA to Muay Thai, whether it's amateur or whether it's pro, is built off of the blueprint that boxing has already laid down. And so there's a small, like I said, a small sect of people who will look down on boxing, you know, or, you know, uh, say the industry's corrupt or say that the fighters are stupid. Because, but you all are doing the, like, if you're going to look down on an art, at least be better than, at least be better than that art in your, in your practices. So boxers, we have a ten, you know, you, we've all seen it from high level people that you, you know, from legends that we all know about to people that you all don't know about if you're not really entrenched in boxing history as far as is taking unnecessary damage, getting beat the fuck up during mm-hmm. sparring. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and having a shitty quality of life as soon as they retire or as soon as they come out of the game. And there's a lot of unreported, um, and ESPN doesn't cover this a lot or this type of thing, like, a lot of fighters commit suicide. Yep. A lot because of the CTE, you know what I mean, the damage that we've taken uh to the brain. So when you're, you know, like 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 you said, Joel, like be angry at me, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna do what I've seen this shit happen far too often. Um my cousin has, you know, has issues with this thing because he wasn't you know, our trainer didn't didn't do what was ne- didn't do what was necessary to keep him safe. Yep, and that has a fa- and he's too young to have the quality of life that he has right now. So, you know, boxers, we you know we fuck you know we fucked the game up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know, be smarter if you gonna look down on us. Goddamn, be sm- be <laughs> be better than us. You know what I'm saying? Like, be if you claim to be the more superior art or the, the smarter fighter, act like it. Like, don't get pissed off at your corner when, you know, when people want to stop these fights. You're, you're not a bitch. You're not soft or anything. No. But when, especially when you're doing this shit for free, man, like, fuck that. Yeah. And if you know you're losing, well, if your corner knows that you're losing and there's no conceivable way, you worked every weapon, you worked every single game plan that you can do, and some, the person standing across from you is just better that night. Yeah. Fuck it. it happens or if there's an injury or they're seeing something or whatever, you know, and like you said, man, I know like some people don't like to hear that or they say, oh, yo, you're a bitch for throwing in the towel or whatever. Yeah, like it, bump it or dump it, man. Like I'm going to always I'm going to always make sure that I got my fighters interest in mind. I'm going to always make sure that they're taken care of when I'm, yeah. you know, when I'm in there, at least when I'm in their corner. Like I said, if they're going to be mad and even if I pulled them out, what they thought maybe a little bit early, like I know that they're going to come back. And they're going to be better. And like I said, what I can see, maybe they can't see or they can't recognize or they don't want to be able to say, I'm I'm done. I can't do it. You know, and I can I can say personally from experience, you know, and this is like it's it was a certainly a tough experience for me. But like in my first pro fight, you know, like I had I've never I'd never been finishing a fight. And, you know, I had a really tough fight and I remember and it's also, you know, so it's a corner's job, but it's also the ref's job to do their best to look out. They don't know you, the fighters as well. Um, In my first fight, you know, I fought a dude from Canada. He was a killer dude. Um, It was it was a tough fight, you know, back and forth. I had obviously had my moments in the the beginning. I gassed myself out a little bit and I was just getting damaged. And I remember he hit me with a really good uppercut that dropped me and I got back up. My hands were up and I was, you know, I was going to go out there to me. I will go until my body fails or until I am put 
I'm put to dirt, but I had a I had a ref in that fight. His name is Coban. If you guys don't know who he is, he is a Muay Thai legend. Some epic, epic fights he's had. Um, and he's happened to be ref in my fight. He has a gym up in New York, but he was, this was American Muay Thai League, and he was there for it. And you know, I'll never forget. He looked at me. I, you know, I kind of remember the moment. I was definitely, I was a little fucked up, man. Like I was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'd gas myself out. I'd blasted the dude with a bunch of shots in the first rounds. I'd way over, you know, rookie mistake in my first pro fight. You know, um, just over overdoing it a little bit. But he, he looked at me and like I was ready to continue to walk back out. I had my hands up, and he just was like, nope, and he just stopped it. You know, and yeah. at, at that point, he looked. I think he looked. He saw something. He he saw that maybe I was like not there a little bit, and yeah. I. I was a little bit, I was obviously mad at the time, you know, I remember, I'll never forget the other corner came over and tried to give me water, which is courtesy to do to another fighter um, when you have Muay Thai fights. And I, you know, I didn't want the water and I was mad and I was upset and I've been in those moments and I know, but that looking at it now and realizing even right after the fight at that time, like I thanked him because I mean, because I would have gone out there and I would have taken more damage. I would have either gotten knocked out or I would have, I would have gotten beaten harder than I already was at the time because I didn't have any gas left in the tank. I could look at that fight now and look at it and watch it and be like, shit, I was just, I had nothing left in the tank. I had exhausted all my resources. I put everything into it and I was just getting beaten. And so I'm glad at that now looking back on it that he did that for me, you know, because he saved some time and I went back out my next fight and I had a way better fight, won that fight and that was great. You know, and maybe I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had gone out there and I had taken a knockout. You know what I mean? And that's kudos to good refs too. Coban, shout out to Coban because he was a, that was great in the moment for him to do that. And, you know, I thanked him after the fight, obviously. And um, so, you know, outside of corners looking at that, refs look at that, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with this whole thing, but you know, <laughs> no, yeah. I just have a strong feeling about yeah. it. I think we got to be protective of yeah. our people out there. We got to make sure that we can make more pro fighters out of this. And we do that by making sure that we take care of the amateurs on their journey to become professional fighters. And this was on full display in the fight that I want to talk about next uh, because we had three title shots uh, on yeah. this card. Um, so the first title shot uh, the night uh, was for the 135-pound uh, title uh, with Nathan Bennett out of Pentagon MMA yeah. uh, versus Mark Anaya uh, out of Scrap Pack MMA. Um, and to that particular point, um, this fight was, it was, a, it was a pretty, you know, it was, it was going one way. Um, you know, uh, Mark Bennett, uh, came out there and those first two rounds, uh, went to him fairly easily. Uh, and I, I think where, uh, I think where Anaya was kind of, I don't want to say outclassed, but I want to say where he was, where his biggest flaw is or his biggest mistake was is that he was kind of, he was pawing his, his punches. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like punches weren't coming straight. It was, he was pawing it almost like when you try to teach someone how to parry punches in the very beginning. So instead of waiting for the punch to come and you parry and just move the direction of the punch at the last second, most people, when you teach them how to parry, they, they paw it, they reach out there um, and try to smack the punch out of the air. And that's how he was throwing his punches. Um, and Bennett was just coming through and doing whatever the fuck he wanted yeah. to, um, especially with especially with the straight shots. It was it was it was a it was an outclassing, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um and shout out to Anaya's Corner for being able to throw in the towel and not let, you know, and not let um and not let him take any more 
additional damage. What a what a transition there from that. How yeah. about that? Um, <laughs> and I think if I'm not mistaken, I, pr- I you know I think this was a rematch from the last TCB. I don't know if that's. I remember watching uh, Nathan Bennett from Pentagon, and kudos to him because he's a great. Uh, I think he was undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, from what I heard when they were introducing him. Um, and I saw him the last time. I'm pretty sure he fought the same guy. And I think this guy was actually, it said scrap pack, but I think he fought at a tag. At least that's what his short said. So Chris Aboy was his corner. Oh, okay. And Chris Aboy was also the ref who lets, who lets people work in the clinch. Shout yeah. out to Chris Aboy for much always better. letting people work in the clinch. Did that a lot in my fights. Appreciate you. Much love. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the dominant performance. I mean, Nathan came out. And to your point, right, like it looked like Mark and I was trying to set, he just, he was just looking for this overhand right the entire time. And he was pawing with his left to try to just set, and it was just very predictable and you can see it coming. And Nathan, I mean, he was a a very technical tie fighter. Um, You know, I know the guys at Pentagon, they have a great school over there. They have master Chan and Vivek is over there and they have, um, uh, I think Brooks is still there, but they have a good program and they have good, and they have good guys and they have good fighters. And it showed And Nathan's a really good fighter and he was super technical. He was landing his kicks. He threw some good explosive jumping. I think threw a couple like jumping kicks towards the end of some rounds, but you know, he was, he was dominating, landing really, really clean sweeps. I mean, a lot of kick catches to sweeps and, he had a sweep at the end of the second round that was just it was just timed beautifully. Oh, that, yeah. that was just a, a a great way to end a round. Yeah, homeboy went like horizontal, I think, from that. Like yeah. he was in the like so I mean when you execute it like that, you definitely have been practicing that. It means that you've been putting those hours into executing that movement over and over again to the point where it's muscle memory. And yeah, and kudos to Chris for I mean, I think he knew I think Mark was was he was warring it out. He was doing the best that he could. I think he hurt his leg in the fight, if I'm not mistaken. After one of the sweeps in the fourth round I think he was hurting his leg and you could see it in his face when he was getting up and he was going to continue but Chris was like nope and he and he pulled him out because I think he knew that you know the fight was headed in one way and ultimately it was and yeah. kudos to, to Nathan for for getting the title on that one that was a great fight um, yeah, really clean was. excellent nice technical performance and for yeah and for me that is my technical fight of the night uh, because that was just a beautiful demonstration of Muay Thai and when you use it uh, he he utilized all his weapons, um, and when you you know when you just execute things beautifully, like and you know a lot of times you know when we had these fights, I think people do you know when you have your first few amateur fights, people do forget that you can clinch. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so for him to be able, you know for him to be able to clinch and sweep at will, like that shit was like I was in the corner uh cheering my ass off. Like that was that was a good fight. Yeah, um, me too. So I would sure. always like to see us a little bit more elbows, especially when you're not wearing the pads and hey, they were fighting full rules, elbows, knees, everything without pads on, which you know, sometimes they do that in TCB. A lot of times you'll see guys do amateur um, you know, with uh, elbow pads on, which we saw in some of our later tri- later mm-hmm. title fights, just to prevent from cutting stuff. But there was a couple thrown, but again, yeah, it was a good fight. Um really good technical fight from Nathan. I think my technical fight and I will have to apologize because I think we picked this up a little late um, this was fight number 18 this was uh, Julius from Pentagon um, let me get his last name Julius Spain from Pentagon this was a 155 title versus David Etter from Fairfax Jiu Jitsu and I think I picked this up in the second round because um, our guy was fighting before yeah, that, and I, I missed this. I missed this entire fight. Yeah, I, I didn't see this one. It was, until a, the fifth yeah, round. I know, and yeah. it was such a. And, but you know, I got some notes for it. So it was, it was, it was a really good fight. And I've seen these guys fight before. Um, David fought one of our guys that uh, had been at Capital once before. I've seen him fight, um, and I know I've seen Julius fight. I think at Rise in DC or maybe somewhere else. But he was so. Just to preface it, Julius is taller. I think he's maybe I don't know what his height was. Maybe six foot. David's a little shorter. He was five mm-hmm. nine. So there's definitely a discrepancy mm-hmm. there and Julius um, 
you, I mean, they were both extremely technical. And these are the guys I was talking about at the beginning that were, I think like you can see them like they're future professionals. Like if that's, if they truthfully want to take it that way, they're well on their way to do so. Um, It was a full rules fight. They had the elbow pads on, but they were throwing them bows, man. And they were getting after it and they were working in and out of the clinch. They kept up a really, really high pace. Um, You know, and Julius kind of started it off. He was throwing really good teeps, using his range really well. And, you know, he had a more boastful style. And I think I've seen him fight like that before and I think win and do really well with it. And he was throwing kicks. But, you know, kudos to David. I mean, Dave Eder stayed in there and he was hammering out kicks. His, I think one of the more impressive things that I saw all night in this is really hard to do on an amateur level is just the off balancing and the timing that David had. I mean, he was able to really like every time that Julius would throw a kick, um, Dave would throw a kick back at him and then anticipate that Julius was probably going to throw another kick. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he did, he would kick like his plant leg out a little bit and off balance him. And that looks really bad to the judges, you know, at least in my opinion, the tie fights it typically does. Um, And he had a lot of those kind of off balancing things and, you know, where he would use that and then throw a strike afterwards, like off balance with a, with the leg kick and throw a punch afterwards or something along those lines. Um, and he was really clean and both of them were super clean whether they were striking in close distance or they got in the clinch um, and in the clinch they were both I mean they were pummeling for position they were throwing elbows actively when there's space in there because you know you can fit it elbows in anywhere um, and they were really really working and keeping a good pace and they didn't get too tired I mean you could tell it yeah. dropped off like a little bit but this is a five round fight and I mean they were really really getting it after it and, and sticking with it I mean so it was a fight where Dave was, um, you know, I thought for the, I, for the fight, and again, I missed the first round, so I did not see what happened. I thought Dave edged out two, three, and four. I just thought he landed a little bit more. I think he was a little bit cleaner with his strikes. Okay. He did back up a little bit more, so I could see where, depending on what the judges are looking at, they might score that a different way. The fifth round was really back and forth. And what I love most about this fight, regardless of the decision and all that stuff, is that when those two guys came out in the fifth round, it's like they were like smiling at each other yeah. and they were having fun in there. And like they, you could tell that they really enjoyed being in there. And they put on a great show, man. From a technical perspective, I thought they were spot on. I mean, their hands were up, but they were. They were they were just they were different fighters and Julius used his range really well but David got inside and threw really good kicks and was able to offset a lot of that height and reach disadvantage you know they call it a height advantage and a reach advantage for a reason like yes yeah. a shorter fighter can always win we love that but you know yeah. it's sometimes it's hard to work in to a taller fighter's range and get your range you know you might have to take a couple shots to yep. get there especially if I know what I'm doing and I got range on you like Roland he's got like great range like yes. it's so hard to get inside of his jab yep. and if he knows how to time you right like you're going to take some shots on the way in to get maybe you can get your shot um, but Dave did a really good job of that the fifth round was back and forth they ended up giving the fight to Julius um, I think it was a split decision um, I don't know if I agreed with that again I didn't see the first round so I can't really give a full opinion of it I just more appreciate the technicality of that fight. Both of those guys in general, I thought put on a really, really great fight. I really enjoyed watching that one. Um, and so kudos to Julius for, for getting the W, getting the strap. Um, and kudos to Dave. I thought was a, was an outstanding fight. Both of them, you know, great clinch work, great in and out, good pace. Um, just nice kicks at turning the hip over. Everything was technical and really, really sound. Yeah. That was a, I only saw the fifth round. Um, cause when I came, uh, coming out the back and by the time I saw this fight I had to have a drink and double fist I saw uh, that I saw the double modello <laughs> yeah had to do that uh, cause I sweat a lot uh, when I corner yeah I'm me very, too very active corner I, I utilize a lot more nerves cornering and coaching now than I ever did uh, competing so after uh, our guy uh, Josh uh, Joshua Hurst uh, after he had his fight, um, 
I had to I had to decompress a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about that fight before we get off into uh, before we talk about the the other title shot. Um, so uh, Joel and I uh, had cornered uh, Joshua Hurst out of Capital MMA. Um, he was making his amateur debut, um, and he fought. Let me see, fought Delano Ramirez uh, out of DCB, uh, out of DCB, uh, DCB MMA. Uh, so shout out to Jerome um, and DCB. What up, Jerome? Um, that was a that was a good fight. That was a good test. Um, that was a good test for Josh too. Um, DCB guys are gonna come and they're gonna bring it, um, especially yep. with you know when it when it comes to hands. And you know over the past few weeks um, with Josh working with Master and Crew, um, and he has now he has an identity now. Uh, you know he wants to be wants to be a, a puncher, uh, a heavy puncher. Um, and I told him to, and I was joking with him last week. I told him to hold off on that. I said because you hadn't sparred me yet. Um, but <laughs> but you know that was um that was his game. That was his initial game plan. He wanted to go in and and do hands. Um, but DCB guys are always going to bring it. You know, always going to bring it with hands. Um, and so I told, and I've always told him too, in anticipation of not just his amateur bout, but his you know his first few exhibition bouts too. Um, don't get don't get tunnel vision. You've got other weapons to use, um, and I think that he executed that perfectly. Um, he wanted to be heavy hands, but then you know he noticed that uh, he noticed that his opponent was heavy on the lead leg, and then we started opening up with leg kicks, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously, and I apologize because I'll always have bias a little bit for my fighters, you know, for um, or they're Capitals fighters, but the people that I coach at Capital, um, you know, and so I love Josh. Josh is a great guy, and I remember when he came in, and I remember, you know, he was one of the he's, he was really at he was wanted to get into it, and he's like, I want to fight, I want to fight. You know, I always take that with a grain of salt a little bit. We yep. get a lot of people in here talk. I've heard you guys talk about that before. Yep. We hear it all the time at the gym. <laughs> um, but the difference was Josh put in the work, you yeah, know, and he put in the work, and he's been putting in the work, and especially for this camp. I mean, I know, you know, obviously the inner workings of what he went through, and we, you know, and 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 a big kudos to Del, to. Delanio, I believe I'm saying that right for stepping in. Um, he stepped in on a week's notice. I think yeah. he had fought recently at Cowboy, Cowboy. Fights, yeah, uh, Fight Series, and he stepped in. And uh, you know, and Jerome's guys—that's that, a testament to that gym because Jerome's guys come to fight every single time. They're yeah. going to come to fight. Absolutely, they're going to throw good hands. They're going to throw good kicks. They're going to come. They're going to be in shape. Um, you know, and shout out to DCB MMA, which is out of Fredericksburg, um, and Jerome uh, Wilson out there, great coach. And, um, you know, so, sh- so shout out to Delano for taking that. So that, but that was tough for Josh, you know, having to deal with opponent changes like that can yep. mentally mess with you a little bit. And then you got the weight cut and doing that for the first time, you know, as an amateur can be tough. And, you know, he was able to go out to your point and perform really, really well. Um, you know, and Delano landed some good shots, man. I mean, oh, he yeah. came in and he was a, he's a, he was an athlete, man. He could, he was an athlete. He was big and strong and fast and he could throw good hands and good kicks and he was explosive. Um, you know, but Josh, did a really good job of what we worked on, which was throwing a lot of heavy kicks and mm-hmm. punches, 
you know, because he wanted that heavy punch love, and he was able to get it and land a couple good ones. And he landed some good kicks, you know, to the arms from the get-go. And that is something that, you know, if you want to stop a puncher and you want to stop somebody from punching you and being hand-heavy, you can kick them in the arms, you can kick them in the legs, because if you're if they're in punching range, you're in kicking range, right? Yep. So that means you can be able to pick them off a little bit. And I think Josh did a really good job of that. Um, and then working to the clinch when he needed to, you yes. know, using that as well. Like, I mean, I will always teach that. Um, yep. You know, we, we work clinch heavy here in Alexandria, and he yep. really did well with that good positioning head under the chin landing good knees and you can use that to control the pace of a fight and I think he did that really well yeah, um, and you know Delaneo I don't know how you know he had a tough time I think with that aspect of it and you know land, landed like some good shots in the second and third but yeah to your point once Josh started working the leg a little bit um, he, he just you know really put on a great performance um, th- from bell to bell I was definitely I mean I think it would have been you know from watching it and maybe missing some of the fights I didn't catch all of them like you said as well because I was helping in the back that would have been one of the you know one of the better fights of the night most technical oh yeah um, and for you know from a guy and from both guys who I think only just really have had like a couple times in the bat Josh had a couple of exhibitions Delaney, at least I know one fight like I talked about before um, you know to put on that kind of performance for both of them was really good so kudos to both of them um, for putting on a great fight and obviously you know I gotta get, give a little love to our boy Josh yeah you know, he so. did his, his, his clinch game really shined through and I think that that's gonna be something that uh, you know he's always gonna be able to, to keep in his back pocket um, because he had, um, even in his exhibitions and even in this particular fight, he shows that he has a good concept of timing. A lot of people, when they get in the clinch, they want to force sweeps. He didn't force a lot of sweeps. He would stop. I mean, he would get, you know, he'd get Delano wrapped up, um, but he would he could hear us in the corner. He would get him wrapped up and stop and rest. When we yelled, turn, he turned. When he turned... When we yell knee, do that shit immediately. And just being able to use, because Delano is an athlete, but to be able to use that athletic force against him. He was able to turn him and sweep him at least three times, yeah. in, you know, in, the, in that bout. And that's, uh, you can't force a sweep. Sweeps are all time and technique. Right. Like, you don't want to tire yourself out and try to throw somebody that's right you know uh when, when you sweep them yeah you're crushing your energy when you do that and i mean i think if there's any correlation to what you guys i know love very much in your jujitsu life <laughs> um to muay thai it's got to be in the clinch right because yep. you guys are i mean i like i don't i don't do jujitsu i've never taken jujitsu class but i have a general understanding of what it is and i mean when you're grappling you're using momentum and movement yep. to offset people you're doing that in the clinch and you can see it when you watch thailand like thai fighters right and you or if you want to clinch with a thai fighter you can see some like the, the foreigners go over there and clinch with some of these really small tie fighters and these guys are just tossing these yes. foreigners all around like yes. and it's timing it's not force it's good footwork it's yep. shaking the leg out raf is raf's the coach here uh, we all know and love the stoic the stoic storm raf um <laughs> you know and he's great at doing that and he yep. teaches that to a lot of people here and i mean it's it's very you know and again it's just it's feeling somebody's energy and movement if somebody's pressuring me i can take a step back and i can use that pressure that they're giving me to offset them open up space throw a knee and to your point like you were saying josh was able to do that really well and again you know the clinch is very very often overlooked which is why i appreciate when fighters bring it to because it's it's an absolutely 100% a part of Muay Thai. So if you're going to fight a Muay Thai fight, you better fucking know how to clinch because if you don't and you run into somebody who does, you could just easily get dominated the entire fight and not have an answer for it, right? Yeah. Or and just get tired and spaz out because you don't know what you're doing. So Yeah, and on that clinch soapbox real quick, it's, you know, like don't put, like don't put Muay Thai on your door of your gym if you don't teach, if you don't teach clinch. 
because clinch is a part of Muay Thai. If you just want to, you know, if you just want to do kickboxing, that is okay. Yeah. Like you can put you can put that, you know, on your door and you can still get students to come in. But don't cheat, like don't cheat your students. Um recently went up to in this gym, you know, what I'm talking I won't name them, but they didn't like they didn't do this, but uh myself, Jose, JJ, um and Regina uh, recently went to Philly a few weeks ago. Shout out uh, to Philly, 76ers. Yeah. We went to we went to a, a seminar with Robin Van uh, Roosmodlin, um, kickboxing seminar. Um, and so after the seminar was over with, uh, you know, they you know, they allowed us to spar. Um, I had a sinus infection that day, was running a fever, so I was just yeah. like, Yeah, I'm not I was like, I'm not sparring. Uh so Jose was the only person uh out of our group to spar. And you know, we, we go to another gym, still being very friendly, still being very respectful. You know, we're not going up there to knock anybody's head off, nope. anything like that, because contrary to popular belief, and I always say this shit during my class, sparring is not fighting. It's time to work on time and technique. And so when Jose was up there, he was able to clinch and sweep people at will. Mm-hmm. So even when people were coming forward and trying to show, you know what I mean, like this was, you know, this is our gym type thing. And he was giving me a couple of looks on the mat, and I was looking at him, and I was just like, don't lose your cool. Because there were some guys who were, throwing, you know, throwing some hard shots. And I was like, don't lose your cool, man. Like, still keep it nice and friendly. We just going to have to eat this shit a little bit. And so, they, you know, they had more of an MMA style when it came, when it came to their strike and really wanting to throw a whole lot of overhands right. and shit like that. And so... He was clinching people up, and they had no fucking idea, like, what to do. They didn't know how to get out of it. Um, And so, you know, he was throwing nice and light knees, and then the guys who were, like, trying to throw bombs and really trying to take his head off, like, he ate a couple, he would smile, and he would come in, he would clinch them up, and he was just tossing motherfuckers on their head, and it was great. (laughs) I mean, and and you see that, you know, and it's like, again, to your point, like, it's, there's no disrespect, like, kickboxing, and glory is a that's a style that's a fighting yes. style and that is a legitimately dangerous fighting style yes. and Muay Thai incorporates some of those movements yes. in there they just we add in elbows we add in clinch for more than five seconds um, so, you know you know like to your point like it's it's something that can so be so effective if you're going to fight Muay Thai um, you know and you should know your boxing if you do Muay Thai and you should know your kickboxing and you should know everything that goes into striking as much as you can and as much as you know as you can incorporate it to the point where it's going to be beneficial for you in Muay Thai and absolutely clinch is a huge part of that so um, off the soapbox about that but you know yeah. we live in the clinch over here baby we yeah, love it we do yep um, and since we broke down the other two title fights uh, let's get into the third one because uh, there were three title shots yep. on this particular card uh, so the main event uh, was for 170 pounds it was, uh, it was Kyle Hall uh, out of Capital MMA uh, versus Nico uh, McIntosh out of Beta Academy uh, shout out to Beta I really like those guys over yeah there. they're good I guys like them. good folks um so this was uh this fight was uh man, it was tough uh for me to watch. because, um, you know, Kyle, he you know, unfortunately he didn't, you know, he didn't come away with the win in this particular fight. Mm-hmm. Um but what Nico was able to to do well that I hadn't really seen from that I hadn't really seen from the beta guys um pre in, in years prior. Um so mate, you know, Maybe just something that they've you know added to their toolbox as a, in, within the past couple of years. Um, he was able to come in, um, 
really aggressively on his uh like on his jab cross like his footwork was 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 very like intentional um and i tell you know my students all the time when they're moving when they're shadow boxing when we're working pads and shit i the one thing i'm always constantly yelling is to be intentional in your footwork and don't just yep. move for movement's sake nico was able to he was very intentional on his jab cross moving in with power shots but then being able to take half a step back when Kyle was uh was tr- was trying to counter and yeah. return things so you take half a step back um and Kyle would miss and so when he take that half a step back then he would come right back in and be able to clinch um he was able to drive Kyle to the corner um clinch and then be able to throw elbows um and that was a I mean, it was it was a good fucking it was a good fucking game plan. Um, yeah, because yeah. it because it worked. It did. It sure did. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I I knew he, you know, to your point, Beta's got a great school. They've got some great great fighters over there, um, Muay Thai specifically. Um, you know, and I've uh, seen them come up, and and, and Nico was really really uh, he was really impressive. Um, and he and to your to your point, he was very much able to stay within his range, yes, and not Kyle's range. And he had you know he was a little bigger than Kyle, I think too. Um, and, and kudos to him because Kyle's got great movement. He's yeah. fast and he's very, very athletic. Um, yeah. You know, and he can pop those kicks off and like he was doing. I mean, Kyle, like to your point, he would come in, he would throw a one-two, and Kyle would pop off a kick and he'd be just out of range of the head kick and then he'd come back in and he'd stay in his face. And yeah. that can be a really tough style to deal with because he was a heavy pressure fighter, but he was cool, calm, and collected in his approach. And, you know, Kyle hit him with some good shots earlier yeah. too and he just was very calm and didn't look like it affected him. Um, you know, and I think that can that can be difficult for a fighter when you're hitting somebody with shots and it's, you know, you're not affecting them and you're seeing them and they're still kind of rolling. That yeah. can be tough for somebody to deal with. And I think, you know, you know, he was able to use really good control of the ring and cut off corners. And a lot of the fight took place up in the corner in yes. the clinch towards the end of the fight um, where he was able to land some really hard elbows um, and some really good knees using his leverage and kind of controlling you know, Kyle in the in the corner. Kyle, you know, was fighting back, throwing good knees. Oh, yeah. You know, trying to fight out of it, really tried doing his best to swim. But you know, Nico, I think, was just a little too big, a little too strong, a little too versed in the clinch, um, and was able to come away with the win um, via elbows and, and uh, corner stoppage effectively from from uh, from from the elbows. I think it was the second elbow that he landed, which dropped him in the third. The third, and round. then yep. yeah, and then uh, then the team, it's, you know, Steve over the, uh, at Capital, he threw in the threw in the towel, and that was the appropriate thing to do at yes. that time. You know, Kyle's a warrior. Kyle will never quit. If you've seen any of his other fights he's fought like the you know he does MMA and he fights he's fought the Boon Chu fights and yep. um you know if for Cage Dilla promotions and and he's been he's been great you know he's a he's our super tough fighter so he's going to continue to go until you know either again just it's that fighter's will I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go until somebody you know until I'm like blackout on the floor or yep. until my corner's gonna stop and we did the, you know the, the team did the right thing in that in that position and pulling it and um you know kudos to nico and kudos to beta because they were they put on a really good show they were well trained they did a really really good job and i think that guy was seven and one coming into that fight okay and, you know kyle's three and one so he has a you know that guy's really really good again another one of those guys you know that looks like he can really take it to the next level you know whenever if he continues down the path he's oh, yeah. continue, you know yeah. continuing down big strong guy good movement really really solid work in the clinch hard elbows and and a different variety of them too, which I was really, um, you know, impressed with. So yeah, because that 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 movement is what's going to is what's going to take him to a different level. Because I think that it, I've said it plenty of times on here. I think footwork is the is the most important aspect of striking. It's also the most mm-hmm. overlooked aspect yeah. of striking too. Like you can learn how to you, you you can learn all the punches, you can learn all the kicks, you can learn all the elbows within you know a matter of months. But that footwork and that timing is what takes your striking to another level. 
Um, and like I said, the intentional movement because being able to press forward, come back out. And when you tell people to come back out, and you see it a lot when you have beginners spar against each other, they pop in, but when they pop back out, they pop out of striking range. Way out of striking range. And, that yeah. it, and, that's, and that's wasted energy and wasted motion. So you want to be able to move forward and move backwards to get out of the way of the strike, but still be able to fucking hit your opponent or to be able to touch them. Um, so, I mean, TCB 21 was a beautiful exhibition in clinch overall from all fighters um, and all academies uh, who came uh, who came out to participate in this thing. So. I mean, you got two people who absolutely love clinch uh, on this yeah. particular episode. Yeah. So, you know, like TCB 21 was the shit. Uh, let's keep that type of let's keep that type of uh, of energy. Let's keep that type of skill level um, constantly displayed. You know, Joel and I say this. Chad has said it before. Um, Roland, when he's been on his podcast here, like the just the level of the, the level of competition nowadays is fucking insane it's yeah, crazy man. it's way different than fuck uh, a decade ago and shit even five years ago like the, the the talent level here is 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 rising exponentially so let's keep that energy up man like dmv versus everybody yeah. um but still shout out to virginia beach shout out to shift combat uh, yeah. shout out to you guys for coming up to participate seven five seven yeah i like think the, there was another gym that came down there from them i think it was house of muay thai comes down from that area oh, too. okay um so there's a couple they had one fighter on the card um but yeah and don't to your point man i mean it's seeing the level come up and that's what makes me i think the the most happy about kind of seeing these shows now is that the fighters from five years ago would get their ass beat yep. by the fighters from Right now, and yeah. that's how you know that Muay Thai is coming up in the area. And yeah. that's what I look at when I can look at our program and I see, you know, our fighters. I'm like, shit, dude. Like I like at my like I wasn't looking like that at my first you know amateur yeah. fight that I had. You yeah. know, but that was the status quo at the time, as best as it could be. But we have built up in this area yes. such a great force of talent from competing against each other consistently and more people getting into it and that's like the greatest thing to see is that and that's how you know when you're building a good foundation um, you know where we're going up and we have guys from the DMV going up to New York and fighting and winning against like hometown guys up there which is yeah. like that's not an easy thing that shit was like it's unheard not, of it's not I've, you know I've, when we started yeah I've, I've fought people in New York I've fought uh, people in Philly from you know from a boxing perspective back in my uh, back in my teenage years or whatever and to go to to go to cities like that where there's I mean it's hard to win against a New York you know super to, hard it's super hard to win in New York it's super fucking hard to win in Philly so when you go to these places and you're able to pull out definitive wins um, especially for especially from a judge's uh, scorecard if you can't you know if you can't get the finish like that's that's testament to the growth uh, the talent in this area, man. Yeah, it's really impressive. And then I one more one more shout out because I I just for on the fight card I thought this was a really I, and I think this might have been a glory rules fight. I don't know if it was or if it was if it was uh, modified rules. You would appreciate it, Jamal, because it was heavy on the hands. Um, and this is uh, I think his name is it's Jaden. I don't know his last name. I will get it up though in a second from DCB MMA. Oh, Jaden Hall. Jaden Hall. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys have talked about him before on the yeah. podcast. He like and I want to give a special shout out to Jaden because. Every fucking time he fights, he improves. Yeah, that's, and gets and, and gets better. Most improved like, it. That's what. It, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like from like a, 
in in this fight like and, and when we you know when I say like most improved like it's not just like when people say most improved they just think that okay like your offense got better and you know what I mean like you were able to 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 snag a win like nah like from the time he fought Manny yeah um when he came back for his next fight he looked like he was in better shape you know than he was when he fought Manny he was in shape when he fought Manny yeah um and in the next fight after that like in in this fight here like his defense was the best that it has looked since I've watched, you know, since yeah. I've watched him fight this year. And that is the type of shit that is important. Um so yeah, special, special huge shout out, special huge shout out to Jaden. Because yeah. that shit is that that that's dope. Like that's what that's what you should look at him and he should be like the the prototype of what an amateur fighter should like what their focus should be on. Yeah. Like don't like don't when you when you're at the amateur level, like don't focus on fucking, you know, oh man, I want to be 17, 18, and 0 before I go pro or whatever. Your number doesn't mean shit because when you go pro, it all go, it all back resets and goes back to zero. Nobody gives a fuck. So get the experience. And he has fought consistently this year, and he has gotten better every single time. Yeah, I was, I mean, I just was most impressed by, and he fought a guy from, uh, I think it was, uh, it's Faraday from Kaizen, and Kaizen's a great gym. Also yeah. around here, they got some, and Sarah, I think we talked about her, she fought from Kaizen earlier in the fight, um, and they've got some great fighters, and, you know, he was solid, and, you know, Jaden just turned that fight, and again, I'm not, I can't remember what the rule set was, but it doesn't matter, because he turned it into a close quarters boxing match, yep. and he... He had one approach when he went in there. He was going to be he's like, I'm going to be tight on my defense. I'm going to come in. I'm going to throw lots of hooks to the body, into the head. Yep. I'm going to keep you in my range, and I'm going to make you fight my fight. And yep. that's what I was – I mean, he took his – his skill set with boxing, and I don't. Yeah, he might have like he checked some kicks too, and I don't think yeah, he, he may have yeah. thrown like a couple, but not too many, like if any. And he just really he made it his fight, and he was really able to just like dominate it with the with the boxing and, and really you know get a clear victory. And I was really impressed with that and his tenacity and just moving forward and again you know smiling right like being relaxed in there. And I've you know I've heard Amin talk about it on this podcast you know before, and you know the ability to be relaxed and smile and enjoy as much as you can. Yeah inside of a fight you will fight better as a result if you can harness that chi or whatever the fuck you want to call it you know inside the fight realm and um you know he was able to do that and he put on a stellar performance so kudos yeah. to him again shout out to dcb mma yeah yeah that was a great one in order to have such an action-packed event or such a great event you have to have a great promotion um you have to have people behind the scenes who put on a great fucking show uh so we want to give a super duper special shout out uh to tcb championship boxing joel give me your thoughts on this promotion i i love tcb i mean i think they, they've been i mean so this was one that you know in my amateur years when i was fighting um i fought in i think four or five times um and they're they're just such a great promotion and the fact that they are truly truly like on top of their game with every one of the details and i was most impressed by this like i saw you know i took josh the wins the the day before the fight um, you know, I know as a fighter, when it's time to weigh in, like you better motherfucking have that goddamn scale yeah. out there ready for me at the time you tell me to get there so I can go rehydrate and put on a good show for tomorrow. I don't want to hear this bullshit about the scales being late because that happens all the time in fight promotions yep. and it's unorganized and it's lazy and bullshit and they don't have any of that stuff here. They are so on top of it, like to the point where we got there 30 minutes beforehand, they were like, hey, you want to just want to like hop on the scale now. I was like, well, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to hop yeah. on the scale now. Like, <laughs> So we got all, like, yeah. all our guys, you know, if we were first there, we got there early, we weighed in early, they had everything there, they had people there ready to take the paperwork that needed to be taken. So it's like the behind-the-scenes things that you don't, 
you, you know, a lot of people go up, they show up, they see the fight, they see, you know, how well the promotions put on from the lighting that they have out there to the, you know, to the, to the ring girls, to the trophies, to the whole production, which is really, really good. And it's a great way to showcase Muay Thai in this area. And they've always been able to do that. Um, you know, so shout out to them because they've, they, you know, from it's hard to, to have everything that organized and to do it, but they've had, what is this, TCB 21? Is that what yep, you said? 21. 21 shows, right? And so they've had, and I remember when I used to go to them, like, when I, this is like 10, 10 years ago, and this may have been their first couple shows. And, you know, even then they still, they were, they still were really good with everything. They went through a couple hiccups, maybe here and there, but they were always consistent. They've always had consistent shows. Like they've always had at least like two shows per year, if not three. Um, and I always love them. And personally, as a fighter, I would love this because they, and just like they did now, they always have a card like in November, right before the holidays, you know, be mindful so you can yeah. get a little fat on yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so I always like, love to fight on those like cards like right around this time like a picture popped up on my facebook from like a fight i had like seven years ago um at tcb i remember it was with roland and raf and it was a great one and just it's nice and, and again and just overall they just you know jeff and the team over there they from a matchmaking perspective and it being fair and even um to good refs to yeah. you know as the best judging you can possibly get for amateur fighting, which, you know, is not going to always be the most consistent, but yeah. it is what it is. You can't really control that um, to just getting the fighters out, getting as many, you know, people in the stands as you can, which I think, like I said, this is the biggest TCB that I've ever seen. Yeah, because I definitely didn't have a seat. Yeah, you got to put you got to <laughs> put this up on a podium if you want this sport to grow. And I mean, if we didn't have promotions like this, you know, for people in our area to start out, to grow in and really have really good fights. And over the years, like I said, bringing in different um, fighters from different gyms down from Norfolk and even up from New York in some uh, cases, you know, um, it would have been, it'd be a lot harder for everybody to be at the level that we're at now without a promotion like this in the area. And I mean, I'm just so thankful that they continue to do these and I hope that they continue to do them um, because we'll always take part of them and we'll always be, showing out for him as much as we can yeah absolutely so major major shout out to tcb major shout out to jeff major shout out to your ring girls man i'm a little biased i like what i like and y'all y'all show what i like uh, <laughs> <laughs> respect yeah. to the ring girls yeah. and i know that i know that there's you know like and in, and in, in, uh you know hopefully they just think I, I you know i like to see the ring girls i know taylor bazera and the team over here the ladies of capital want to see ring guys i don't know about that you know but you know whatever progressive whatever whatever you want whatever gets more butts in the hey. seats for muay thai i'm all good with if y'all you know? pay me i'll so, be a ring hey guy. <laughs> i know that we got a lot of dudes at capital that would like to you know go in there on the ring hey, so jeff, hey jeff this is abe i yeah. got 50 bucks on getting jamal in, uh, in as a ring guy all right no. who else we're, we're gonna fucking hashtag this shit no, dude. i'm pretty sure that we got a lot of guys that love to take shirtless pictures in Muay Thai shorts that Harold went 100% in Manny you said it you said the name yeah. you said you said the names you know Kyle Kyle's flashable yeah. we all decided before the uh, fights yeah. so you know he could be out there too so you know respect to ring girls <laughs> ring guys if you want to get down that route whatever yeah. it is but TCB again man just like a straight up great OG promotion in the area always keeping on good shows keeping that fire for Muay Thai that we need to be able to continue to promote it to the to the people and to the mass audiences as much as we can we gotta build the sport it's so entertaining yeah I just want to. I just want to give that shout out to them. Yeah, Much love. And, and shout out to that buffet y'all had. I saw yeah. uh, pulled pork and all kinds of barbecue shit going on. Was that like, like free to everybody? Because I didn't know if I could I, like take any I of that. But like, that it looks like it was. I thought that was just for VIP. But then like as the fights were going on, like uh, whoever was over there working literally was like, "Hey man, you want something to eat?" And I was like. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah, they had a full bar there, too. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know, get people a little loose and so make it a little louder. I'm good with that, you know? So, yeah, I definitely had a big-ass plate of uh, pool barbecue along with my two Modelos uh, yeah. towards the end of the night. Uh, so, yeah, definitely shout out to you guys. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is our TCB 21 recap. Uh, great fucking show. Um Excellent uh, display of skill level from all fighters involved, all gyms involved, all corners, um, referees, uh, judges. We're going to work on y'all a little bit. Um, Just a little bit. But <laughs> but overall, um, a great fucking show. Um, thank you all for listening uh, to the podcast. Please engage with us. You know, just because we're located in Capitol, this is not a... Just a capital-centric podcast. It's for everybody. If you want to be on the fucking show, slide in the DMs, slide in our emails. If there are topics you want us to talk about, slide in DMs, slide in the emails. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, let us know how you want to be on the show, how you want to be involved with this. Our job is to promote and grow combat sports in this area. Um, when you look at our, and, and a big shout-out to us just as a fucking podcast, because when you look at our data analytics and shit, like, you know, we, we got global listeners. So, you know, all you motherfuckers out in the Netherlands and Hong Kong and shit that listen to us, if it's some shit y'all want us to review and analyze or whatever, slide in our emails and DMs too. Um, let us know what it is you want to do. Um, so, um, and a special shout out to my co-host today, um, the guy who really took a lot of time um, in helping me develop as a practitioner um, and making me understand like how to be calm of of mine, because when I first joined here, I was an angry son of a bitch. You still uh, a little bit angry, yeah. Oh yeah, most bit. definitely. Got to keep a little bit yeah, of that. It ain't though. going nowhere, man. Yeah. yeah, we need that a little bit. But but yeah, I was I was a fiery little angry motherfucker, and and this guy uh, really uh, helped improve and ch- and change my life for the better. Um, so big shout out to the Jewish Hammer, Joel Reggiano, for coming on here today and providing excellent analysis from a guy who's been involved in combat arts for a very long time. Uh, that is our show. Thank you for listening. And also fight out to shout out, fight out, fight out, shout out <laughs> to the fight cast, sport cast, dream cast, whatever you want to call a cast. Who's also been the guest on here. Roland Kennedy also has got a great Roland Berenger, whatever. He's had like eight million names, but he's yeah, got a good he one too. And every, anything we can do to get that kind of fight knowledge out to the public, whether we're doing it here on fight philosophy podcast or doing it over there and it's local, we're going to get it out there. We're going to bring everybody up. It's all good stuff. And thank you guys for having me. Thank you for the kind words. Oh, yeah. I got lots of Muay Thai love to give always to everybody. <laughs> Come take my class. Yeah. We'll take any and all suggestions. But if you got some bullshit, keep it to yourself. Peace. Deuces.